Today's episode is episode 221. Today's episode is called INFJ. So today's episode is on the personality type INFJ. I recently did a personality test online. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's the 16 personalities. Another personality test you can do is Myers-Briggs. It was basically to get an idea of my personality type. Over the last few months, I've been looking at videos online from Mind Notion. Again, I'll put a link in the underneath the video or in the show notes. And it was explaining the INFJ personality type. So INFJ means introverted, intuitive, feeling and judging. The ironic thing there is the intuitive for the N part. I don't know why they do this, to be honest. Maybe it's just the acronym sounds good, INFJ. From what I could see, there were 16 personality types. Eight of them seem to be introverted. Eight of them seem to be extroverted. So you have INFJ, INFT, for example. You might have ENFJ, potentially. I stands for introverted. The N is actually the intuitive part, which sees patterns and possibilities, which I found quite ironic that it doesn't start with an N, but it, it goes with the in the N in that part for some reason. And then the feeling and judging. The judging judging the judging part isn't something you that that I would have guessed. The judging is in reference to my your preference for structure and order. So the INFJ personality type. Apparently it's quite a rare personality type, but in saying that I gave this quiz to a friend and she was also an INFJ, so I don't know how rare it actually is. So in today's episode, I just want to talk around this personality type, talk a little bit around why it's useful to look at personality types and why I started looking at it in over the last few months, why I started putting more weight to it. And yeah, just just kind of get into it. So the personality types, it all comes from Carl Jung. He had developed a theory of personality types. So in his way of thinking, there was four personality types. So you have introverted intuition, extroverted intuition, introverted sensation, and extroverted sensation. And the... So the breakdown here is introverts... This is kind of how I think sometimes I see confusion when it comes to the terminology of introvert, extrovert. I think by default we have preconceived notions of what each type of person is. And from what I can tell, it's our preconceived notions seem to be more positive towards extroverts and negative towards introverts because the perceived, the like the assumptions tend to be that introverts keep to themselves they're not going out of their way to make friends extroverts are more the life of the party that's just quick generalization i think that we make when we're not thinking about this so here introverts are people simply they're people who recharge their energy by being alone in and that's in contrast to extroverts who gain energy from being around others. And then when it comes to the thinking and feeling, thinking types are analytical and objective. They base their choices on rationale and argument. 
feeling types make decisions based on their emotions. And so Jung said that an extrovert is more driven by what they see and experience around them in the external world, whereas introverts are more likely to look within themselves for guidance and inspiration. And the feeling types make decisions based on their personal values, while thinking types make decisions based on logic. And then just the sensing versus intuition. This is another thing that, that I found useful to look at. Sensing and intuition are two perceiving functions. They take in information from the world around us and help us to process it. Sensing is all about taking in information from our senses, so our sight, smell, touch, taste, and sound. Intuition, on the other hand, is about pattern recognition. It's about seeing beyond the concrete details and picking up on deeper meaning and understanding the underlying connections between things. So that's just a basic introduction there to the personality types. I read a very good Medium article. I'm going to put a link in the show notes that, that just helps summarize some of these points. And then just in terms of relationships, when it comes to the intuitive type, I'm going to just describe the intuitive type. Yeah, that's my type. So they're attracted to relationships that are deep, meaningful, and offer opportunities for growth. They want a partner who will challenge them and help expand their horizons. And other types go for different types of relationships. So in this episode, I'm going to just share around my experience of being this personality type. So I think I was open to taking a personality test because I feel like I'm at a stage now where I'm not looking for something that will explain me. It's more in terms of it's more in terms of what I was struggling with actually before I came across not even come across because the thing is I came across personality types before and I've always put off by it because I had this idea in my head that you could start it could become like a self-fulfilling prophecy and this and you could place limitations on yourself based on your personality type so if you're identifying with this for example the INFJ type you could have a tendency to not put yourself in situations that will help you to grow but what I have been noticing the past few months is it's a struggle not coming to terms with accepting how you are and I just feel like the personality types have helped me in recent times to on the one hand understand myself better accept things about myself how I am not change those things not want to change those things because they mightn't conform to some people I might find around me and then on, on the, the other hand it's the understanding of other people that they're wired differently to me that potentially they don't see things that I see and vice versa so there's an element of frustration there that I think it helps to reduce by looking at these things putting some language to it I just found it it's been helpful over the last few months Uh, the INFJ personality type it's a mix between a person who is analytical in terms of with the intuitive part of it here they they see patterns and then the there's a a feeling part so the feeling part here is that INFJ this personality type 
there's a tendency to think deeply and feel deeply. These are two things that are natural to me. And I had struggled with a lot over the years to come to accept myself. This is why I feel like if the INFJ personality type is rare, and I think it's especially rare among, among men, some of that could be down to culture. Because I think if I was to take a personality test, the things with personality tests is also it's also dependent on your honesty, that you're being honest in how you're answering the questionnaire. Because you could easily say, you could easily make things up. But I think if if someone was to look at me, potentially, they mightn't categorize me as an INFJ type years back because I wouldn't have felt comfortable with this deep feeling, deep thinking side to me. I think I would have been more analytical and I would have been more trying to be an extrovert when I was younger because I thought that there was something inherently wrong with how I was in terms of my more introverted nature and just the potential to feel things deeply and to think deeply that that for me wasn't normalized so it mightn't have shone true in any personality type thing i would have done so potentially that's why if this personality type is rare some of it could be down to cultural conditioning i grew up in a culture where it wasn't encouraged for men boys to feel deeply and think deeply so even if they did have that natural inclination it wasn't encouraged so i'm just going to break this down into a few overarching themes i want to talk about first one is delusions and unorthodox thoughts so because the intuitive side of me is strong it's a part of my makeup the intuitive side is related to these patterns and it's related to a feeling. You're intuiting things more on a feeling level. This can, in my experience, I suppose, this can come across as delusional thinking and it can come across in unconventional, unorthodox thinking. I am aware that I express myself like that and I have to deal with the unsettling feeling that I I could be coming across to other people as either delusional or just that my thinking's too out there in terms of being too unconventional. So that's something to deal with. But then when I was thinking about this, I was also thinking about like so if you're being if you're an intuitive person this is linked to having a vision so there's a fine line between vision and delusion when you think about it i think the only difference between vision and delusion is that the vision is actualized to the extent that other people can see it and they can then see that you weren't actually crazy for what you were saying Whereas the delusion might never fully actualize itself in reality for other people to see. I think that's the main difference that I would see between a vision and a delusion. It's more the end point of does this actually form in a real way that other people can perceive. 
because the delusions and the uh, visions like it, it's part of your map of the world and part of what's pulling you forward but I was thinking about this and I was thinking about what's the difference between allowing yourself to follow your intuition and realizing that there's you're living with a false reality it's not fully formed it, it, it's false in terms of people can't see it it's not actually provable but then I was thinking about what about so if you so if you're you have that you have that that risk that if you allow yourself to follow and express more the intuitive side to you if you have that then potentially you're running the risk of becoming delusional and people making a mockery of you for that speaking behind your back but then I was thinking about so so if you if you don't want to take any risk and you're like I'm going to cut myself off from that intuition then what about when people lie to you that will also create false realities for you to live in inside delusions so when I started thinking about it I realized that there's no there's no option you can take here that doesn't involve risk I guess what hedges what reduces the risk slightly by not following your intuition and standing out a bit is that if you do believe lies because the thing is I think well, from my experience when I'm not in touch with my intuition I'm more vulnerable and susceptible to people lying to me yeah, I, I, I found that by connecting more to my intuitive side it's not a perfect thing I can still fall prey to certain blind spots but I feel like I'm less susceptible to people bullshitting and lying to me I can feel that out more because when people bullshit and lie you can feel it in their I'm not going to say you I've learned over time that I can sense it in the way they even sound there's, there's something in that for me that I can sense whether there's lived experience behind even the sound of their voice or I'd often see in people who don't aren't very honest there's like an uncomfortability in them their body language kind of betrays an uncomfortability or even if I if I spend enough time around someone I'll realize that their actions and behaviors aren't in any way maybe not maybe not in any way but they're they're, they're not very aligned to what they're actually saying or that I'm feeling off about the situation and this has been a constant for quite a while there's like a negative feeling to this in some way I can't put my finger on but it's not going it's always being activated in me there are kind of subtle things over the years now that I've been building on but anyway just back to this point with the delusions I think you're hedge your bet in that other people will be fooled along with you when you buy into lies because you're disconnected from your intuitive side but for me, you're going to be living in, you're going to run the risk of living delusions either way because that's kind of how our brains work. Because when I was younger, in my formative years, I had no idea, like like everybody else, like most other people, that how influenced, like how influenced my, my perception, like that my my brain how 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 active my brain was actually involved in creating my perception of the world i'd never 
really recognize that and that's a very deep thing that's something i'm going to be it's going to be continually unfolding into the future but um you know there are just some thoughts there on the delusions or on orthodox thoughts the other side here now is empathetic side the other thing with the infj personality type is like a personality with a lot of contradictions and that could possibly come across in my podcast and whatever i do on the one hand so, so for example on the one hand I, uh, even on this podcast, you hear me speak about the importance of connection and people having people in your life. But on the other side, I like being on my own. I like my downtime. So that's one thing about this personality type. There are quite a few contradictions in it. And I guess that's contradictory, but it's also when you dig deeper, it's complementary in the sense that I value connection, but I value the quality of the connection. And I recognize that you're not going to have a quality connection with everyone. And when you focus on quality, it's going to reduce the quantity. So that leads into me spending a bit more time by myself, not being uncomfortable, spending time by myself, not having plans. So when you dig a little deeper, on the surface, it looks contradictory. On the one hand, you're saying that you want connection with people. And on the other hand, you're saying that you want your, your you want to be alone. You want your downtime. But when you look at the, I think it's the quality in the middle that connects the two. It's quality time alone, quality time around quality people in terms of people who are on a similar wavelength to you, who accept you as you are, who aren't trying to change you, trying to change how you think or anything like that. Um, so the second point I want to talk about is the empathetic side. So this is the feeling side here with the INFJ personality type. And in my own experience, I feel like I can pick up on other people's feelings pick up on kind of the energy they give off, the vibe they give off. The thing is, I don't know, I don't know whether, I don't know how much of this is actually down to the personality type and how much of it is just down to people in general, if they allow themselves to access parts of themselves, they mightn't be fully in touch with. That's the one thing I want to highlight here with the personality types is that I'm just not sure of how much of this is just how much of yourself you're in touch with, what parts of yourself you're in touch with, what parts of yourself you're not in touch with. But in saying that, there, like, I do feel like I could try and be more social and I, I can do that to an extent. But it, it does feel draining. It feels more like a performance. And I have found as time has gone on that I prefer, why not just choose quality over quantity? Be, just kind of be okay with not fitting in certain scenarios, not needing to feel like I need to put on a pretense. So there's quite a few things going on here, to be honest, on this episode and this personality types. But the empathetic side here, this again is another kind of contrast, is that the INFJ is someone who likes their alone time, but then there's a strong feeling side here too that I, I know from my own experience I can empathize very easily with people. And that's both a gift and a curse. It's a gift in the sense that I feel like I allow someone to be seen. And that's what, a, that's what many people just want to feel seen and heard. And that's something that I feel like my personality type here can give to someone who's receptive to me. But then the double-edged sword of this is that there's also people in the world that will take advantage of that. They'll see that you're someone who is empathetic and... They, 
they'll use it to their advantage. So they'll see that as a vulnerability, a weakness in you to be exploited. The fact that you're caring to the extent that you're always looking to see the good in someone and you're always assuming that people want to get to a better place or there's a, there's a kind of a savior complex there that I've had to come to terms with in myself to help me avoid trying to help people who don't really want my help. There's a big learning curve here for empathetic people that goes against your nature. Like it's, um, you have to learn It's not discretion is the word. It you, Discernment. To be an empathetic type, to be a strongly empathetic type in the world today, you're not going to survive if you're too naive. If you, if you don't open your eyes to the more nefarious and dark side to the world, then you're going to be, it's going to be a constant uphill struggle of you not getting anywhere with anyone or with yourself. I had listened to, I think it was Jordan Peterson talking about it's accessing the monster within. So he was saying that it's better to be in touch with the monster within and to have control of that than to be not in touch with it at all. And that's something that I've been contemplating more over the past few months. And it's something I would tend to agree with. There's a certain, there's a certain energy, there's a certain aggression or a certain kind of monster in you that when you connect with it in yourself, when you recognize it within yourself, it allows you to see it in the world more clearly. You're, it, it's like a certain naivety, a certain childlike naivety falls away from you a little bit by connecting with this. And I suppose on the extreme end, I think even Jordan Peterson would have been talking about it. It's the, you think about Nazi Germany, Hitler. If you think that you're in no way connected to that, or there's no potential within you, that's a reflection of that. Then, and how can you, how can you in any way deal with something like that? So it might necessarily be on that extreme end of the spectrum, but it's on a spectrum of darkness and malevolence. And some of it you will have to deal with. So I suppose when I'm talking about malevolence, darkness, it could be as, this could be as simple as somebody manipulating you somebody who is just using you that for me is dark and malevolent it's not as extreme as when you go on more on the violent extreme violence end but it's still dark and malevolent and if you're not willing to connect with that darkness and malevolence in you then you're not going to see that in in the world around you so you're not going to be able to deal with it you're just, you're just going to shut that out too overwhelming and you'll never be able to deal with it. So that's the what the empathetic type has to deal with here is that you have to find the balance between listening to people who want who need someone to listen to them 
and having the discernment to realize when you're being manipulated or somebody's wasting and draining your energy has no intention of being on a similar path to you there are these hard lessons to learn here and some of it is with connecting so, so I suppose the strength here of an empathetic type is you're a strong feeler you just need to feel more into the feelings that are there's more of a darker side to it there's more of a it's putting you in the mindset I guess of how would a manipulator see the world like that's even a good thought experiment it's does it go to Lao Tzu there of knowing the enemy like knowing the enemy it, it's it's a it's a it's a hard place to get to to get insights into the the enemy in this in this scenario but you're never going to beat someone if there's naivety to you so even with manipulators you don't beat them at their game you have to find an entirely different way to beat them oftentimes what i see with manipulators they're highly analytical but they're not feeling types so this is i think this is part of what it boils down to here if you're an empathetic type you feel deeply about things and it can be painful and overwhelming that's the that's that's the double-edged sword there if you're a manipulator type from what i can see from my limited experience and knowledge they're more thinkers than they are feelers so as an empathetic type the reason you're falling prey to them from what i can see is they see a naivety in you and the way to move out of that situation isn't to try and manipulate the manipulator it's to face the darker more malevolent feelings in you that's where i feel like that's the path forward for you it's basically the principle the only way out is true and it's it's a difficult one but you're not going to beat a manipulator at their own game so you have to use what is a strength to you the empathetic side so that's what i would suggest the way out is to feel feel like this is the thing it connects to the intuition if you're being manipulated there's a feeling deep down that something's off something's off here but your tendency to want to see the good in people might be shoving that down too much for you to actually feel it and acknowledge it that's the empathetic side there the rare personality type i've already covered this think the infj if it is rare part of that might be down to cultural conditioning where boys aren't encouraged to feel deeply think deeply because it's difficult it's it's difficult you have to really navigate it yourself if you if you feel and think deeply you're vulnerable to people who take advantage of that and then you're going to have to go through experiences of people taking advantage of it so you go through enough pain where you're like i suppose again this comes back to you start facing the monster in you in terms of it's pain you're feeling it's you're learning to become comfortable with feeling that pain that discomfort so i suppose even this year 
I've done more running than a half marathon. I'm going to do some more of them this year. And some of it for me is to make me more comfortable with discomfort and feelings of pain. It's getting me to not only tolerate them, but to... It's almost, well, I guess it's it's making the uncomfortable comfortable is basically what the principle I'm playing off there. That's the way forward. And that's, um, because there's nothing necessarily wrong with them. Like these kind of darker feelings. So what I'm doing is trying to find a channel, use it as fuel. It's like, it's, you'd have, I'd often see people when they're going long distance running and they're talking about there's, they're going to darker places in their own mind. And uh, that's that's what, as an adult now, that's what I quite like about running is the endurance part of, so you're, you're going to, you're digging deeper into a place in you that's, that there's a, there's an aggressive nature to it there. There's like a, there's a strong drive there that can, you can use this fuel to, to help you to endure. It's resilient, that part of you. It's like a... Yeah, it's just... It's what I feel is very primal... Strong energy that you can... That it's when the shit hits the fan. It, it's like putting yourself in situations like that where it's a feeling of shit hits the fan, need to get through this. So it's not even a thought process. It's like you're just putting yourself in a scenario where you're just really uncomfortable. You want to, you you need to get through this. It's like that. So you're tapping more into that energy. And there are the main things I wanted to cover there. I've covered the last two points I've covered. False realities. Talked about that already. That's what you're dealing with, with the intuitive nature. INFJ. I think I've covered understand other people. So yeah, but just by understanding my own personality type of the INFJ help me helps me to accept more things about myself. And it says, well, this is the contradiction here as well, the judging part. So I prefer structure and order, yet my podcast is called The Chaos Artist. I suppose the thing to keep in mind here is, and they'd even say it in personality tests, is that one personality type won't explain everything for you. You probably you possibly be a mix of a few different personality types to be it's kind of take piece bits and pieces from there. But to be fair, I do prefer structure and order, and I think that's a lot of why I embrace the chaos. There's no getting around chaos in life. And chaos isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I do like structure and order, and a lot of the time, by confronting chaos, some of what is the drive is, is to create a new structure and order, a new understanding for me. That's part of why I feel I go into the chaos. It's kind of making the unknown known for me. But again, it's quite... On the surface, it can seem quite contradictory that somebody who is embracing, learning to embrace the chaos actually prefers structure and order. So there's a lot of different contradictions here in this personality type. But that's what I wanted to talk about. The INFJ personality type, if you're listening in, possibly you are similar to this personality type or you know someone. Put all the links in the show notes of the things that I looked at for this episode. So that's it. 
Thanks again for listening and I'll speak to you on the next episode.